Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Is that time of the week again, the time where I actually get to release another episode of the Storybox podcast. Welcome one and all if you are a new listener or you're a returning listener. Thank you so much for your support in this show. I really do appreciate it. So guys, this week on the show, oh wait, I've got to tell everyone my name, of course. So if you don't know who I am, my name is Jared Fansom and I'm the host. Um, I have enjoyed the process of actually going and interviewing a lot of these people and meeting them for the first time and just hearing their stories. Um, that's been part of one of my passions actually is sharing stories that are going to challenge, motivate and inspire people to be better basically. And my desire is um, through this podcast is to help people. Uh, so if you're being helped by someone else's story, I really, really like that. Is, that is incredible. That's like my, my number one um, mantras or, or my number one passions completed pretty much um, by by having this podcast out there for you guys to listen to. So um, this week on the show, I've got another interesting guest for you. Um, his name is Roman Urusevsky, if I'm saying that correctly, Roman. Correct me if I'm not, but he is the owner of a very, very unique cafe called Son of a Baker. Um, and we get to hearing about how he got the actual cafe started. It is one of my all-time favorite cafes, I kid you not, and I've been to quite a few cafes. So um, when I first went there in 2018, I fell in love with the actual, like the uniqueness of it. Um, so he sells pastries as well. And I kid you not, if you have never, if you are in the area of Botany, San Susi, or even uh, Miranda, get your backside to son of a baker to try one of their pastries or their cronuts or uh, their, their um, croissants as well. I kid you not, these are amazing. They are life-changing. <laughs> they are really life-changing. And we get to hear the secret of those um, those pastries in this interview as well. I asked him that question because I was curious. Um, but Apart from that, we get to hear his backstory. We get to hear a lot of advice from him as well, um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of good stories that are coming up in this in this um, new episode. So, without me continuing on, I now introduce to you guys Roman Urosevsky. Living sure. So, my name is Roman Urosevsky, as you've just established. Uh, I'm 30. I currently live in Canterbury, but. Um, still visit my parents quite a bit here in Dolls Point. So I um, I originally started as a baker when I was about 16 years old, but my parents had the bakery when they were eight. Yep. So my journey kind of started when I was a kid. 
Wow. Yeah. So how long has your dad been a baker for? He's been a baker for about 22 years now. Far out. Yep. And when did he start up the bakery? He started Alexander's Bakery in 1998. Wow. Still yep. going strong? Yeah, still, still there. Still a baker? Still a baker. Still does the 2 a.m. starts. Oh my goodness. Seven days a week. How does he manage? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Physically, mentally, it's a hard, hard uh, kind of job to keep up, you know. Mm. So... I don't know. So does that mean you've always wanted to be a baker yourself or? No, definitely not. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your story, your background, yep. Yep. that sort of thing. Yep, yep. So I went to a sports school, uh, finished school when I was 15. I knew school wasn't for me. Yep. So I didn't waste my, not that it's a waste of time, but I just didn't want to go to year 11 and 12 because I knew that it's not going to eventuate into more study. So I just said, you know what, the day I can sign out, is the day I'm going to start working. So I've always been a hard worker. Yep. That's never been an issue of mine. I've always had a good work ethic, I'd say. Uh, as far as what I wanted to do, I didn't know. I just knew that at this point in my life, I was 15, I knew that I wanted to be a millionaire. That was my goal. So Why did you want to be a millionaire? I just thought uh, it was something that I could – I was really into cars and I thought I can buy whatever car I want. Yep. It was really – no backbone to it it was just something where i could have the options um that you see this world kind of can offer yep and so from 15 to 18 i worked uh, several jobs i was in the bakery but my dad he has four kids i'm the oldest of four and he was never forceful enough you know for his kids to take over the bakery so i'd always had my hand in different things i tried tiling i tried carpentry um i did personal training for a bit and i'd always find myself coming back to the bakery just because it's a lot more flexible you realize that not everyone um who's your boss is like your dad obviously so yeah from 15 to 18 i, I managed to save about 30 grand yeah. Wow. And I knew that when I was 18, I wanted to buy a property, yep. which is quite rare because, you know, guys my age, all my mates were buying cars and um, blowing on their girlfriends or <laughs> whatever, you know, 18-year-olds yep. go out party. But I thought I'll get a property and then after that, the car will come. So I bought a property in Monterey when I was 18. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. where did – so what was the process like in buying your first property? Uh, this was about 12 years ago now. Yep. So it was a lot easier. Things weren't as strict with the banks. Um, you could, you know, get around things a bit easier and my dad helped me with the deposit. Um, so back then it was around 300 grand, which yep. is really not much compared to what units are worth now. My goodness, yeah. 300 grand. Yeah. Those, so I had the yeah. 10%. My dad gave me the other 10. And so I had a mortgage when I was 18 of about 250 Something like that. Because I was used to selling property that's worth 1.7 yep. to 2.2 mil mm -hmm. now. Mm. And it's just crazy to see how many how many people actually have that amount of money yep. for a deposit. Yep, yep, first yep. and foremost, with mm. the deposit's like crazy amount. Yeah, right? yeah. But 300,000, mm. that's… Yeah. <laughs> for an 18-year-old kid, I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. it kept me disciplined and it kept me on the straight and narrow in the sense of I, I was quite careful what I did. I was always I'd, I'm more on the generous side with people or things, but I wouldn't blow my money on stupid things. Yep. So the discipline started with work and 
repayments when I was 18 years old. So what was it like for you? What was going through your mind mm -hmm. the moment you purchased your first ever property? Because that's a pretty big thing yeah, yeah. for an 18-year-old yeah, to do. Yeah. So what was going through your mind? Uh, I was excited. I was nervous. Um, but it really wasn't like a thing that I celebrated or it was just like something that I wanted to work towards achieve and now I was like on to the next. Okay. Yeah. And following that first property buy, yep. did you end up getting another one? I or? didn't, no. So when I was uh, around 19, um, I had a quite a turn of direction in life. I was, uh, what's the word? I didn't hit rock bottom and I had a lot of friends and there was nothing really... Um, that was, you know, allowing me to question life or, you know, it was, but it was something that I was searching. Um, I think at the time, what is life? What is like, what's the purpose of being here and things like that. So I kind of um, went away from the money side of things. And I just remember uh, I used to just pray each night um, yep. for my family. And I thought, um, eventually it developed into like who is god what what is god um things like that I was never brought up in a christian home or went to church or anything like that but i always knew there was something bigger than myself so around 19 there was a bit of a change for me in the direction i went in life so um yeah i remember praying the night before clearly and asking god to you know who are you reveal yourself it was mm. quite strange um conversation but i remember the next day i got a knock on the door from a jehovah's witness <laughs> yeah it was really strange <laughs> i was that? like this is so weird yeah um and anyway long story short this guy said did you know god as a name and and i was thought oh yeah i was just it's funny you should say that and i told him the story and then i never pursued that path um but i i did um the guy's name was Jono and I did create a good friendship with him. And eventually at around 21, I actually made the choice to follow Christ and become yep. a Christian. Amen. So, yeah. Well, got guess what? Like, how about that? Hmm. I'm a Christian as well. Okay. So you never know who you meet yeah. until you ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it's an amazing thing, hmm. like hearing when other people go through certain things in life yeah. and it leads them yep. to Christ. Like, hmm. That's that's an awesome journey, man. Yeah. So yeah. I guess more from that side of things, yeah. like after you started yep. to follow Christ, yep. how did you become, like how did Son of a Baker start? Yeah, well, fast forwarding, um, I'm 30 now. So I had a long journey of, you know, nine years where I was um, on and off with church and I was quite on, but towards the later, like years closer to 30, I was quite off a bit and uh I, I still had my foundation, but um, then I never really lost the entrepreneurial side of um, when I was 15 and 18 and things like that. Um, so I hit a fork in the road in the sense of what am I going to do with work? I, had, I was 25 at the time and I had opened a little kiosk in the Westfields at Miranda. Yep. So I just was working there and working there and I, I I hit a fork where I'm like, okay, am I gonna take over my dad's bakery now? Cause I really found a passion in baking and I was making bread and- The 3 a.m. So, starts. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> how that's a passionate 
um, time, but it is for me because you, while the rest of the world is sleeping, you feel like you're ahead and you get to just have your own bliss moments where you're creating um, something that people enjoy to eat with their family and break bread. And so I, at the time I was working at my dad's bakery still and for myself and then, yeah, I just thought I'll, I basically told my dad I'm ready to take over and um, he clearly wasn't ready to give up the reins. Yep. So, which was a good thing because I really like did ask him, you know, are you ready to step down? And he wasn't. So it allowed me to go down the direction of how can I continue to lift up my father in a sense of what he's done for me and what he's sacrificed for me um, and how can I make it my own? So I teamed up with a designer, uh, his name's Krulos, and we basically came up with the concept um, of the father, you know, the son and the bakery. So yeah, that's, that's how Son of a Baker was formed. Wow. Yeah. And what was, it, what was the process like in actually starting Son of a Baker? It was a long and hard process. Yeah. It was long days, long nights. Uh, originally, I had started with a business partner yep. uh, who's no longer with the company, but we uh, teamed up together and for the first year, it was literally just meetings, planning, um, all the groundwork, all the foundation. That would have been 2017. Wow. So it was just all meetings and um, what are we going to do as far as sites and locations and what do we want to achieve and where do we want to go with this? So, yeah, we are. 2017 was basically all meetings. And then 2000 and late 2017, we secured a site in San Susi, which is all day breakfast, all day lunch. That's like our flagship store. Uh, all, and 2018 in March, we opened there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you've got three stores. Three now, stores. Correct. Yep. So you got one in Botany. Yep. One in Miranda. Yep. And the flagship at San Susi. Correct. Yes. Mm. So San Susi started first, or was it Miranda? So I originally had the same site in Miranda, but I was trading under my dad's name, Alexander's Bakery. So technically, Miranda started first, and it was a business that blew up really quickly. Yep. Uh, people really came on board with the concept and loved the idea. And so we achieved a lot of success early uh, on in the business. We had opened San Susi and three weeks later, we opened Miranda. And then eight months later, we opened Botany. Wow. Yeah. So it was so much work, so much hard um, ship in the sense of on the body yep. and the mind and um, but it was all worth it. Like it was something now almost two years on, it was all significant work. So to can get you talk about someone that only went to school up until the age of 15? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I know as a business owner myself, yep. I know all the logistics yep, and yep, yep. you've got to know a lot of yep. stuff. So how does how did you know all yeah. that? So to be completely honest, I knew zero. I didn't know what the first step was to open a cafe, what the first step was for the back of house, front of house, uh, logistically. I guess what took me through it was I had good people around me. Mm -hmm. And secondly, if you have a passion for what you do, 
you're going to work it out whether you like to know it all right now or later or you'll probably never know everything in the sense of the industry that you're in but I knew nothing and I and yeah if I had known all of the hard work that was ahead and all the logistics that was ahead I probably wouldn't have done it <laughs> because yeah you learn as you, you go, learn right? as you go yeah. and then you you're in too deep to try and get out now so you finish just got to finish what you yeah. start yeah you got to see some sometimes people see the end result yeah but they don't yeah, see yeah. the hardship that yeah. they have to go through yeah. to get there yeah so, it's like the tip of the iceberg everyone can see it but yep. what's done underneath is years of planning and yeah it's so you had did you have anyone that told you to, to not do it or yeah we had quite a few people that would give you their advice that you didn't ask for but you just nod your head and listen <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the common thing that was said in the location that i'm at is oh it's going to be very hard here in winter because there's no foot traffic and uh it was funny not that i did it to prove anyone wrong but winter was our strongest months mm. because people love to eat and we had good food and you know strong menu offering and so there was a lot of people that said you could just have the easy way out and continue to um, have little pop-ups and have your lifestyle but i knew i wanted to create a brand and something that will be recognizable and yeah takes time yeah everything good takes time mm. but a lot of a lot of the time people mm -hmm. don't understand that it takes years yeah they always want to get mm. to point a yeah before going to point b yeah. or, or whatever yep. it is yep. so can you talk about your brand a little bit more mm -hmm. so what is it about son of a baker mm -hmm. that's different to all other cafes uh, I think the point of difference is from from the surface level, the point of difference is the food offering. I feel that uh, I go in with the mindset, if you can make it at home, why are you going to pay me $20 to put you a dish on a plate? So I really try to create right. yeah. menu items that you can't do at home, um, flavor combinations that you necessarily wouldn't try. Uh, top ingredients that you can't just get off a woolly shelf or anywhere that is kind of on a mass scale. Uh, so that's surface level. And then um, the branding, I find I, I put a lot of thought behind the branding. And then going a bit deeper, it would be the passion that I have for baking. I think it really shows on the end result of what I'm serving. Mm. And... Yeah, a friend told me the other day, um, I said, how do you always make this coffee so good every time I come? And he said, if I wouldn't serve it to my mother, I won't serve it to anyone else. So I, I really resonated with that uh, because it's the same when we make croissants or when I, at any of my stores, I'm always very careful on quality control and to make sure that the experience from A to Z is it can't be a hundred percent success rate, but close to. Mm. And they tell you like, whenever you go to a cafe, yep. it's the experience of yeah. the environment around yep. you, yep. but it's also food. Yeah. So when you go there, you're there with friends mm -hmm. or even by yourself as having a coffee, um, the vibe that's around the cafe, yep. it speaks to a lot of people mm. and then sitting down and actually tasting the food. Yep. And I've been to Son of a Baker now in, in San Susie for, I think, five times mm -hmm. and I absolutely love 
love the food. Thank you. I keep asking, um, when's a new menu coming out yep. so I can try different yep, things. Yep, yep. So who comes up with the menu? Is that is that all you? The last menu I came up with, uh, had a couple people help me. Um, I have a friend who uh, is a chef and he helped me put together things that I had in my mind. Um, and previous menus um, was my old business partner. Uh, and yeah, we'd always work with the chef that is serving it. So the last menu, you know, from start to finish, I put together and it's been a really good experience to see people enjoy what you took so much time to carefully think and mm. orchestrate. I have to say, you have to come to San Susie, son of a baker, mm. to try their croissants. They're amazing. So, thank you. How do you make them so good? <laughs> so, we <laughs> have I've tried croissants yeah. at other places and they're not as nearly as good. Yeah, yeah. So, thank I want to know the secret. <laughs> <laughs> secret to son of a baker croissants. Well, it's about a midnight start. So, while you're sleeping, the croissant process begins. Wow. We make and bake all of our croissants in the botany store. So everything's uh, made and distributed from there in the sense of the pastry side of things. Croissants, what a lot of people don't realize, it's a three-day process. Wow. Yeah. So from mixing the dough to resting to lamination to rolling to then proofing so it can rise and then to baking, it's about a three-day process. Um, to get a, a really good, well-made, fresh croissant. And then the ingredients and the toppings and uh, the fillings is all uh, the icing on the cake. But yeah, the actual process is a three-day process. So. No wonder they taste so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My goodness. So have you ever had excess? Like what do you do oh, with the excess? You know, when I first started with Son of a Baker, I clearly remember, and this is close to two years ago, uh, and I've still got the same, you know, some of the same pastry chefs that we worked with when we first opened. We were selling on a good day about 20 croissants between the three stores. So we were throwing sometimes half of them out. And I remember the first eight weeks, we were losing so much money in the croissant area. And we just stuck with it. And slowly, slowly people tried our croissants and, and we got more and more. And just lately or even our last week prior to um that's just passed we hit record numbers with croissants so we're doing about a thousand croissants a day on the weekends my goodness yeah croissants cronuts cruffins the pastry side of things we do about a thousand a day now wow yeah and that's across most of them sell? yeah that's sold out daily like daily so that's across our three stores then we've um we've linked up with some uh, good collaborations um, like Paper Mill in Liverpool, yep. um, Percy Plunkett. We have quite a few strong brands that we supply and wholesale uh, to quite a few uh, small cafes. But yeah, we, we are, we've come a long way for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And would you recommend people starting out get into the pastry game or get into cafe games or what's your hmm. recommendation oh it's a it's a great question because originally i would i would recommend you to try whatever it is that you want to achieve um but 
deep down, I'd probably say don't do it. <laughs> it's it's Too it's, hard work it's a hard game, and yeah. it and it really is something that requires complete dedication, sacrifice. It's easy for me. I have no kids. No, I'm not married. Um, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it, I don't have a lot on my plate. So if you have time that is permitting and you can pursue something that you can give a hundred percent to then yeah definitely try it um and if it doesn't work you can always look back and say at least i at least i tried hindsight is bliss yes so you learn yeah right yeah and what's your day look like running three bakeries yeah so at the moment it is uh just me running the three stores and i have an operations manager and he helps me out a lot. We have 35 employees wow. with Son of a Baker. So my average day is like a childcare center. No, I'm just joking. No, <laughs> they're, they're good. The staff are good. Um, I have a great team. But my average day is, is pretty unpredictable. Yeah. I'd like to say I have a particular role and responsibility. Uh, and I've tried that many times. But it is where I'm needed, what I, what I need to be doing. Uh, what needs to be done and yeah when i can i try to visit um my customers or uh i work at san susie most weekends and yeah i don't have set days off set times off but do you get a break i do i do yeah. get a break i i'll have uh i'll have the morning off or have the afternoon off but that, you still on that, your phone yeah yeah everything. it's hard to i hit flight mode for the uh for our our podcast and that feels good. So I, I try to do that often. <laughs> Thanks, man. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. So what are some things that drive you? I think you said a few already, but mm-hmm. what, yep. what gets you up in the morning? Uh, I'll answer your question with a question. Sometimes I say to my dad, how are you still doing this? After 20 years, you get up at two in the morning, you work seven days a week. How do you still do it? Like, what is it that keeps you going? Mm-hmm. And he said, it's... It's easy if you have to do it. Um, so I feel like I'm in a position where I have 35 staff, I have three stores, I have three leases, I have huge overheads uh, and I'm at the position now in my business that I still love what I do but I have to do what I have to do to continue to drive this business. Mm. So whether I'm feeling good, feeling down, feeling like it's all too much or feeling great, I still have to get up and know that like the business requires attention. It's like a plant. You need to water it, give it sunlight. You have to continue to invest in it. And if you don't, it will dwindle and and it will wither away. So what keeps me driven is I do like healthy competition. I see um, places and I, I think... Uh, you know, I'd love to kind of one up um, whatever everyone's doing and yeah. always try to stay ahead of the game and always reinventing um, things and creating new things, new dishes, new croissants. Uh, so I like the creative side of things. That keeps me driven. You get to experiment. You get to, I can, you know, put a post up and some things hit, some things flop, some things get great reactions, some things don't, but I get to try that. The other thing that keeps me driven is I can continually evolve the brand mm-hmm. and I like that. If you just stay on stage one, you'll you'll never kind of get to see the full potential of what you can do. 
So I always say to people like when they're branding, don't you don't have to come with a perfected brand or it doesn't have to be perfection before you do a post. Evolve the brand. Like we started with really simple typo typography and now I'm moving into a lot more illustration. So I'm enjoying that. So I've been noticing that on yeah. Instagram and yeah. like the page has developed so much yeah. from when I yeah. first started following yeah. it. Thank you. And I think one of the, one of the most famous photos on there is that, uh, is it the mango smoothie? Yeah, the thing. tropical maybe. Is yeah. It, no, uh, no. Sorry, it's the uh, golden gay time. Oh yes. Yeah. That, yep, that yep. one was insane. Yeah, the gay time yeah. on top. Like, yeah. My goodness. It's that, funny seeing people's faces when you bring it out to them because yep. they just. A lot of people do use the Instagram as a visual menu, and the you know they get to see the pictures. But the people that just have a look at the description on the menu and they see golden gay time thick shake, you know, with ice cream and milk and. We bring it out to them and their face just drops and <laughs> they automatically reach for their phone to take a photo. So a lot of the things that we do is photogenic and it's, yeah, it's based to taste as, as good as we can make it, but also look as good as aesthetically as we can. What's the secret with getting everything pretty much tasting the same, like for every single item? Yeah, consistent. Uh, well, fresh ingredients. There's never a day where we will use things the second day. So if it doesn't sell that day, we discard. Uh, it's it's a shame to throw things out and, and it's a part that I hate, but I've found that if you stick through that part, uh, a lot of customers, without having to tell them, you've built their trust, they've they've never had a bad or a, a, an, you know an old croissant or anything like that. So continuing to turn over fresh ingredients and then the consumer gets to eat that and then, you know, that's how I found repeat business that's works. Good, man. Yeah. yeah. And um, so moving forward a bit, so what are some challenges that you've had to face either starting up, yep. in between or even now? Yeah, uh, it's another good question. I, I find the biggest challenge originally starting was the back of house, the accounting side, the paperwork, yes. all the things that you don't <laughs> see, just all the numbers, um, even learning things like paying taxes and GST and pays like pay pays you go um, for your staff and superannuation. All those things were a challenge in the beginning because I didn't. I was like, what? what yeah. Like, I didn't. No one told me about this. <laughs> what do you mean? So that was you know the logistic side of the back end of things was a challenge. Um, secondly, moving forward, being in any partnership, whether it's a marriage, a business partnership, uh, any kind of where you're joined, uh, it, it has its challenges. In the beginning, I, I had a business partner who we got along great. We, we were like best mates. Um, well, not prior, but like obviously building the business, we were really close and uh, getting into business is very easy with someone. Um, getting out of business is, is, is the hard part. So um, I've been on my own with Son of a Baker since about August. Um, and yeah, we, ha we faced our challenges towards the end, but I, like there's parts of it for sure I couldn't have done without him to get the business where it is. Um, but it, it's been for the best. So it was a challenge 
to transition from going to Son of a Baker being a partnership to on my own. Yep. Um, but it it's really been for the best and I've really learned so much out of it. I won't ask you what happened, mm -hmm. um, but has there been any like memorable, one of the most memorable stories yep. that you can remember either starting the business yeah. in yep. between yep. or just yep. throughout? Yeah. I One story that comes to my mind that makes me think, um, it makes me laugh, but also um, I get joy from it. I remember um, this lady uh, was, she's a nurse and she was telling me the story that this lady was giving birth and um, she was, I, I don't know how you say it, you know, like delivering the baby. Yep. And she was trying to distract her and she said, what do you like? Like what, what's something that makes you happy? And this lady like while she's giving birth, she's like, I love the croissants from Son of a Baker. <laughs> and I was like, that's what in the middle story. of giving labor yeah. in Sutherland Hospital. And that story got relayed to me and, and it made me laugh because it's just like I, I do get spoken about quite a lot in the sense of the business um, and the reputation. And um, the other time was we were in Lebanon yeah. just now in July and – I could see people looking over at me and whispering and I didn't know if they thought I looked Lebanese or I don't know what <laughs> what they were saying but um, they were like, oh, you're the guy from Son of a Baker. Um, I love what you do, love your work and like, and that was in the middle of Lebanon. So it – and I the get stories age, a yeah. lot that like, oh, my friends don't even know you and they speak about it in Canada or, or – I feel like it has really hit a platform that – not many people get to experience and so i feel a responsibility in what i share what i how i conduct myself at the shops and um yeah it's yeah it's i mean the other side is like getting great collaborations and orders through having a good brand yeah that's yeah. good man really yeah. good you got a very very widespread yeah for yeah. son of a baker yeah i'm grateful for it i really am thankful when i you know go to the shops and see people constantly there and supporting the business so has there been any challenges around being sort of famous like being well known <laughs> around this area or i always joke about that with my friends i said <laughs> when i hit 20k on instagram i'm deleting everyone so <laughs> just enjoy the time with me now no nah, no nah. it's um it's humbling it's really like not that you know i'm famous or anything but i find that the money side or the success side um i always make sure it's never an ego thing mm. and i never want my ego to i always think the most unattractive quality about someone is arrogance and so i always do my best to be the opposite of that when i first met you mm. uh it was at the san Susie one okay. just shook your hand yep. even then you seemed like i'm like you're, you're the owner Yep. of this restaurant. I did yep. some research yep. into yep. it and I found that you owned three mm -hmm. and it had grown. Yep. You just seem like one of the most humblest person, like people you. I've ever had the experience of meeting. And I've had, I've been able to meet some pretty like some mm -hmm. people yeah. as well. Yep. And yep. they've been humble as well. Yep. I always find it interesting like mm. when you reach a certain point, mm -hmm. what is, what does it take yep. to be or keep yourself grounded? Yep. yep. One thing for me, I can't speak on behalf of the other guys you've interviewed or uh, one thing for me is 
I know I'm moments away from losing it all. Mm. There's no guarantee that all my shops will continue with the success that they've had. There's no guarantee that the next shop I open will do phenomenal. Um, so I know that I'm always one step away from losing it. And I just think that I'm grateful for every week that I am on top of the game. And yeah, I think it's important to keep the humility because within a second, things can change. So it's just, you need to make sure that you're not getting to your head with yep. that you think you're uh, above anyone or you're, kind of a big deal because you're not really you're still a human being yeah, at the end of the yeah, day yeah everyone has the challenges yep. that they face yep has there been any major failures that you can remember that sort of sparked you mm. to be better or uh major failures i can't say i'd be lying if i kind of tried to come up with something where i've really flopped and i've failed and that's caused me to uh, pivot into a different direction with the business mm. i've been really blessed from day one that things have gone well uh recently with the partnership split there was a bit of um you know the reputation was on the line a bit in the sense of um just you know at, like i was saying when you partner with someone you can't control their actions you can't control their um you know what they do but sometimes you have to pay the consequences for their actions which is unfortunate uh so that has helped me to um really be driven even more to take son of a baker on my own and take it to another level yep. but i can't say um business wise there's been you know everyone has their days where they might be quieter or things don't sell as good or but no i wouldn't say i've failed and it, that's driven me yeah. yeah that's good though man yeah yeah i'm sure it'll come <laughs> <laughs> it like yeah. i always say in failure you learn humility yeah. the most yeah, definitely it keeps you at a point where yeah. you understand mm. that you're not going to be perfect yeah and there's no such thing yeah because only god was perfect yeah for us as human beings, mm -hmm. we fail day in, day out. There mm -hmm. might be small failures, mm -hmm. there might be a big one, but it all make us feel like human again. For know? sure. Like yeah. no one's ever going to reach a certain yeah. point yeah. in their life. And even those like famous people yep. as well, they look back on their life and they look at all the money, they look at all the success, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, they think, what have I put out there mm -hmm. really? It's mm -hmm. made a difference to someone's life. Have I really invested in people? So I think for you, you're investing in people as well as you're investing in um, your surroundings, like mm -hmm. community and yep. giving good food to people, good yep. sense of community in, in terms yep. of the environment as yep. well. Yep. So all those things, they count for something, mm. man. Definitely. So, and I think it's, it's a shame that, you know, doing this interview, I can take a step back mentally and, and I can see that. I can see that what you're saying is is 100% right and that's the hard thing sometimes you get caught up you get really wound up in what you're doing and it's hard to um not have tunnel vision with like what's the next thing what's the next thing and you sometimes need to step back and realize like how can I give more how can I contribute more uh so this Sunday we have our one year at Botany wow yeah it's gone really fast really well so 
um, 50% of what we make on the day, um, I'm going to donate to the bushfire victims um, and also the farmers. So, That's good, man. yeah, there'll be a link up on the Son of a Baker AU and that will be where you can find where I'll be donating. Um, and, yeah, I think it's important to give back. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. I think it's this time of year especially, like mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that tend to be around this sense of happiness, not real yep. joy. Mm -hmm. Like there's a difference between happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm, where I'm going with this is real joy is not a sense of ha like fleeting happiness because happiness is just an emotion you get mm -hmm. after you like, like something or can come any anytime, you know? Yeah. But joy is a constant state mm -hmm. you know like, and i feel like that's where you're at at mm -hmm. the moment you're at a place of complete joy mm -hmm. contentment where you're at but you mm -hmm. want you want to grow up more you want to develop it more you yeah. want to give back mm -hmm. and i feel like when you give back that gives you more joy yeah, definitely yeah like 100 percent. yeah so not just that it's a time of year to give mm -hmm. back yeah we should be giving back all the time but that really says a lot about a person mm. and it shows like real joy is not something that you tell someone, you show it. Yep. Like it's your actions, right? Mm -hmm. So that's good, man. Like, yeah. Hunt, I don't know it. what it is about giving. I think everyone experiences, they think before you give, you have this kind of wall up in your mind, I'm losing something if I give. But then once you cross that line and you actually give, it's very liberating. Yeah. So yeah, it's practicing giving it's almost like a hesitation yeah you know? like i'm yeah. giving something up yep that's yep. once mine mm -hmm. i i like that yeah i worked hard yep. for that yeah so why am i giving it away mm. yeah but then when you do give it away once you do pass that wall mm. like you said mm -hmm. it's it's weird like yeah. it's a strange feeling yeah. you know yeah and that's why with the business i really try not to be self-entitled or I, I think that you know it owes me this or i should get that or it comes back to what can I do to give back? Yeah. Have you had any mentors in your life? I haven't. Um, I actually reached out to a friend of mine and I. it's something that I want to for 2020, everyone, you know, with their goals and their <laughs> dreams and biggest year yet. Um, no, but for me, I would like to see myself be mentored under somebody for 2020. So I will look into that. But as far as up till now, there's, yeah, like there's definitely significant people who come in and can shape the way you think and act and talk or help you to. But I haven't had someone consistently mentor me. And whenever you read, you know, the books of people who are extremely successful or, you know, habits that they have, it seems that they have a morning routine and they have a mentor. Mm. So... Have you read the book 12 Pillars? No, I haven't. Have a look at that book. Okay. There's another book that I'm reading as well. It's called Excellence Wins. It's um, the guy who started up um, all the, the hotels. I forgot the name of it. I'll, I'll link it okay. to you as well. Yep. That's a really, really good book. Uh, What's that so one far. called? Um, Excellence Wins. Okay. So right. Yeah, I'll look it up. Holt Schultz or something? Yep. Um, Ritz Carlton Hotel. That's, oh, his, yeah. that's his business. Nice. And there's another book. I think everyone knows the Ritz. Yeah. yeah. So he started it yeah. and it goes through his life where he started mm -hmm. and where he, his, his mentality for everything. He's actually a Christian as well. So a CEO that I interviewed for the podcast, he gave me the book mm -hmm. and he said, read this, Jared. So I've been reading it. Absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And same with 12 Pillars. Yeah. Um, 
uh, CEO of, of the um, Barbecues Galore oh, and nice. all these other big brands mm. as well. He told me, he's like, Jared, read 12 Pillars. Mm. You won't regret it. So mm. I read 12 Pillars, wrote all these notes. This is back in 2016 and I still remember yep. all that content. Yep. Uh, so that's another good book. And I'm always amazed at everybody's testimony in these Ritz Carlton or Barbecue School. Mm. I'm still always amazed at how they scale their business because I think for a small business like myself or anyone listening, most of us are on a small scale and 99% of us, you know, probably won't break out of that. Um, yep. And that's the reality. And there's those one percenters that do. And I think that leap is still super fascinating to me at how they find the scalability to do that. So, yeah, they're always good books. There's always these similar traits that mm. go throughout, like the excellent spirit, yep. humility, hard work. Mm -hmm. So you can't get anywhere without hard work, yep. staying committed. Mm -hmm. And the fifth one, which is one of the most important ones, is consistency. Always being yep. consistent at something because yep. – Everyone thinks like if I'm doing this like one or two days in the year, they mm -hmm. think that that's going to grow. It's not. No. You got to be 365 yeah. days of the year, even if it's like 1% mm -hmm. each day yep. of getting better at that one thing you've mm -hmm. chosen to be consistent at, whether it's working out, reading, whatever it is, at least you've been consistent at doing that and you can see the results. Like so I – I interviewed um, Matt Steinway. He gave me a book as well, 31 Minutes, and he breaks it down. Like we all get busy throughout the day, right? We all, um, life gets up to us. But he said that we can always try and fit in 31 minutes in our day to exercise mm -hmm. or to do something for ourselves that is going to benefit us and our mind, mm. um, body or spirit. Yep. Yep. And in doing so, we've just become better mm -hmm. in a day for 31 minutes. That's yep. all it takes. Yeah. You know? And I would agree 100% because I think it's so important you have an outlet as well from what you do. So if, if like for me, I'm in the bakery game, I can't take my spare time and be in the bakery game. I need, <laughs> I need an outlet. So yep. training is good. Yeah, reading. But yeah, whatever your outlet is, that's where your go-to needs to be mm. for sure. 100%, man. Now, here's my favorite bit. Mm -hmm. Three bits of advice you can give to anyone starting out <laughs> yeah. or that just need a boost. Yeah. Uh, anyone starting out, I think it's important to be realistic. I don't think it is helpful to you if everyone's patting you on the back and saying you're going to get here and you're going to do this and you're going to get there. And I think it's important to be realistic. When you're starting out, it's very easy to say, I want to be here. But I think the best question you can ask yourself is, okay, so what is the next step? And that's what I would always do. Everybody around the table would throw out big ideas and I was always the guy that's like, okay, but what are we going to do next? Yep. And what's the next step and what do we have to do? So I think that helped me a lot. And again, I'm only speaking from personal advice that's worked for me. Um, so first thing starting out is just be realistic. You're not going to be a millionaire overnight. It's not going to happen unless, you know, the odd minority who have hit crazy YouTube success or something like that. But don't consider it to be yourself. Just consider yourself as a realistic, hardworking, passionate guy or girl and what's the next step. And then if you need a boost, for me, my go-to is always 
just people that motivate you, call them, talk to them, you uh, search them up, uh, whatever it is, you might've heard that clip a hundred times, but the next time you play it is the time that you're really listening. Yep. And even reading as well. Sometimes we can read and it doesn't resonate. And then the second you let it read to you and you have that kind of switch where you're letting the book read to you and mm. actually allow it to transform what you're ready for. Uh, yeah, just get your boost in what you find is is most helpful to you, not to everyone else because no one's the same. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Good pieces of advice. Mm -hmm. Love it. Now, your favorite film, your yep. favorite actor, oh. and the last <laughs> film that you watched. One of my uh, favorite questions. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, favorite film at this time of year would be Elf. I always have to oh, play no. it once a year. <laughs> my, my status has dropped now in your eyes. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say Will Ferrell's my favorite, but I do like him in that movie. I think it's a good movie at this time of year. But overall favorite film, I do like Gerard Butler in, uh, what was the Citizen movie? Or was it Law Abiding Citizens? Oh, that's a good one. I thought that was a yeah. really good movie. Very but um, yeah, my favorite actor by far and like no one comes close is Steve Carell. Yeah, okay, good. I, yeah, credit's I, back. <laughs> yeah, all right, good. You're about to cut me off. Um, yeah, Steve Carell's my favorite actor. I love The Office and everything that he does. But in in terms of talent, like Denzel Washington, yep. um, Matthew McConaughey, like I like those guys too. So, And then the last film I watched, it felt like it went for about two and a half days. It was The Irishman. Really? Yeah. Wow. Everybody talked it up. Yeah. Um, it's got a great cast. Robert De Niro, uh, all the original gangsters are in it. But yeah, it was like a three and a half hour film. Uh, that was the movie that I last watched. I love the guys that act in it, but the film I felt like it went for too a, long. Yeah, it's yeah. Just too long. Yeah. yeah. How, how was the story? Was it interesting? Not really. Not to yeah. me. I don't know if I missed something, but it just seemed like. Yeah, there was scenes that would go for half an hour and get nowhere. But I don't want to rip on him, you know. I had a, I had a friend of mine, he watched it twice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know how he got through it twice, <laughs> but he did. He must, yeah, I don't know. I could be the minority that doesn't like it. But, yeah, that was the last film I watched. I still haven't seen it yet. Like, yeah. the same with The Joker, the Joker yeah, movie. Yeah. I've had a lot of people on, on here when I've asked that question that mm. said the last movie they watched, was a joker. Okay. And I've been like, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's up for Oscars. So well, yeah, might have to must, watch it. Must be a really good movie. Yeah. So what I tend to do is if it gets like uh, like nominated for an Oscar, yep. I'll watch all the Oscar contended movies. <laughs> so and then I'll actually watch the Oscars to see if it actually really deserved, in my opinion. Okay. So like that's my tradition sort of thing. With that experience, I reckon they should get you on the committee. To give they, out they an should Oscar. honestly like <laughs> I have a massive opinion when it comes to those kinds of movies. Yeah. Like when I think it was 2017 yeah. that I was watching the Oscars and I got every single one right. Wow! I was like in the kitchen, I was cooking cooking dinner, and watching it like throughout the day. Hmm. Just every single one that won, I had predicted, and I put it up on my Instagram mm -hmm. account. I've still got the stories, yeah, so I can prove it. Yeah, every single film mm. actor, because I watched all the movies. Yeah, and I'm like, you, you've got it for sure, hundred percent. Mm. So you never know who's listening to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it could maybe be they a can new put me on the movie. committee. Yeah, <laughs> new movie critic. Yeah. So what's next for you, Roman? Yeah, so we're um, 
I'm actually looking forward to a shipment I have coming. December 20, I have my new illustrated pizza boxes, Ooh. something that will be released. Um, you do pizza? Oh, we package the pastries in ah. the pizza boxes, but they're branded illustrated pizza boxes, uh, just a typical 13-inch size. Um, so I'm looking forward to some things that I've been working on come through. But now that the year's winding up, um, New Year's, just try to spend some time with the family, mm -hmm. just have a new niece and a new nephew yep. in the in the mix awesome. of the fam. So, yeah, as far as goals and things like that next year, I think I, I do want to build more Son of a Bakers. Uh, it is definitely something that I will do in, I think it would be around Easter time. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Whereabouts yeah. are you looking at? Uh, proximity is key for me. Yep. A lot of people, um, you know, they can ship far and wide, whereas I need to bake and distribute. So proximity is, is key for me. So because the HQ is in Botany, anywhere within like a 25km radius. So airport, Bondi, uh, any anywhere around there that... I think Bondi would be a hit. Yeah, I've got my eyes on a site there actually. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. hopefully it all comes to yeah. me, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll be watching out for you. Thank you very much. Be. Yeah. So thank you so yeah. much, Roman, for coming on the Storybox podcast and sharing it. your stories. Thank you for having me. Well, guys, what did you think of that episode with Roman Urasevsky? Hope you guys really got something out of it. I know I did as well, being able to sit down with Roman and actually interview him. One of the things I didn't know at the time was that Roman was actually Christian. So he kind of um, surprised me in, in a good way um, when, when I was sitting down with him and actually talking to him. So uh, you never know what people are going to say. You never know who you're going to meet on any given day. Just don't be afraid to ask questions, okay? Because my grandfather used to tell me, Jared, if you don't ask, you don't get. So thank you guys so much for listening into this episode. Um, I hope you guys really got something out of it. Um, next week on the show, we're going to have another special guest and I'm really, really excited for the, the next guest for, for next week. Um, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a hint. He's a number one is number one in his field okay so and that takes a, a lot and his story is incredible um i know you guys are going to be really challenged by by the next person coming on the show but until then guys don't forget to share this out if you got something out of it to all your friends and family are loving the support loving the the enthusiasm as well i'm having people uh, messaging me as well saying they've they've got something out of it they love uh what i'm doing with it so guys keep keep on board you know it's it's only in the early stages so far um and if you do want to be on the podcast as well if you've got something interesting to say then get in touch um, i'm more than happy to to hear what you have to say as well I'm more than happy to hear your story and if you do want to be on the podcast by all means it's it's there to help people okay so if you have something that you believe is going to help someone then come on board um would love to to share what i'm doing with with people as well so um anyway guys don't forget to share as well and until next week guys don't forget to share your stories okay until next week guys have a good one ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 